This week I was going through my prayer list where I was praying for people by name and primarily the people in my church congregation. And as I was going through and praying for each of them, I realized that there were many of them who had lost a loved one recently, especially in the past year or so. And so for many of them, I was praying against a feeling of loneliness in their life and also praying that they would be comforted as well. And I figured that if many people in my church uh, have lost loved ones or probably was dealing with feelings of loneliness, that many of you out there listening were probably in the same situation. So for all of them and for all of you, I decided to um, put together a sermon this week that had to do with being comforted by God. Because one of the wonderful things about the God that we serve is he's not a distant God that's way off uh, in some other galaxy who doesn't care about us. It's quite the opposite, really, where God cares so much about us and longs to take care of us and be there for us and, and to comfort us in times of loneliness. And I think one of the greatest pieces of scripture that show us how loving and caring and comforting God is for us is in the book of Psalms, and it's chapter 23, Psalm 23, and many of us are familiar with it. It's probably one of the most uh, famous chapters of the Bible, but I want us to just kind of go through this and, and see in this illustration that is being used of Jesus being our shepherd how he comforts us and takes care of us. So we're just going to go through it a verse at a time and talk about how these words can help us through difficult times. So it's written by David, who becomes King David, the same David that slayed Goliath. And we'll start at verse 1, where he says, The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And this analogy of God as our shepherd is such a wonderfully comforting picture because a shepherd has sheep that are in their care and they take care of them they tend to them they don't just tell the sheep what to do or let them out uh, to run around in the wild the shepherd walks with the sheep and makes sure that they are being taken care of and that's what God does with us God isn't someone who just tells us what to do. He doesn't just give us a list of do's and don'ts and says, good luck, uh, hope you can you know, meet this super high standard that I've set for your life. No, inst instead, God wants a relationship with us where he welcomes us into his arms and wants to take care of us. And of course, we then just have to be willing to give our life over to him and let him take care of us. You know, just like if a sheep is being rambunctious, well, the shepherd's not going to be able to take care of it very well. If the shepherd is trying to tend to the sheep and it's rebelling and, and pushing away from the shepherd, there's not a whole lot a shepherd can do in that situation. And so when we push away from God, God lets us push away, but that's not what he desires. He longs for us to come into his arms so that he can take care of us and comfort us through whatever pain we are dealing with and tend to our wounds as well. When we get hurt, when we are bleeding inside, 
God wants to, like a shepherd, tend to those wounds so that a healing can take place in our lives. So I love this picture of God as our shepherd. And then David says, I lack nothing. And this is really true for anyone who believes in God and has a relationship with him, is you really don't lack everything. See, you may not have everything that you want, but you will always have everything that you need. And you can look at the needs that people have and see how God has met those needs. There's a common uh, kind of popular picture called Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And in it, you have this pyramid that shows what needs people have. And at the bottom is the biggest need. And then it eventually goes up into things that uh, are less important than the things below, but still things that are needed in order for a person to feel fulfilled in their life. And when you go through each of those layers of needs that people have, you can see how God meets those needs. So I kind of want to walk us through that really quick, just because I think it's so cool. The first of the needs that people have, according to this uh, hierarchy of needs by Maslow, is physiological needs, which is like having air to breathe and having uh, (laughs) uh, water to drink, things like that, things that your body physically needs in order to physically survive. And if you look at that, you have the whole world that God has created for us, where he has created a world full of air and full of water and and, and different seasons to be able to grow food to eat. God has met by the creation of the entire world, met our physiological needs. So then you go up to the next uh, category of needs, which is safety and security. And although we are not promised as followers of Christ to always have that in our life here on earth. In fact, Jesus promised that it'll be difficult and people won't like you if you are a follower of Christ and and stand by the truth of God's word. There are going to be people that don't like that. You will have difficult times, but we are still promised the safety and security of the life after our life here on earth, where we can have an eternal dwelling, an eternal safe place with God. And no matter what happens to us here on earth, that will always be waiting for us. So we can have safety and security in that. The next uh, category of needs is love and belonging. And that is seen so clearly through John 3.16, that God so loved the world, he gave his son as a sacrifice so that everyone could have Uh, a fellowship with God through the forgiveness of sins that comes through Jesus's sacrifice. So God loves you. No matter who you are, God wants to have a relationship with you. And that then moves on to uh, the second highest of the hierarchy, which is esteem. Uh, There is a need to have a certain esteem for oneself and to have kind of a confidence in who you are. And I don't think there is any greater confidence that can come uh, than knowing that you are made in the image of God, that God has made you in his image because he loves you and cares about you. And that scripture also says that God doesn't call us his servants. He calls us his friends. 
boy, what a confidence booster that is for one's self-esteem. And then the last of the needs is self-actualization, which is like having a purpose in your life and knowing what it is that you want to do with your life. And God gives us that too, where he guides us through his word into his will. And God knows best what we are uh, what our purpose is because he's designed us with that purpose. And so who better to lead us into our purpose than the one who created us and knows what it is already. So you can go through all of these different needs that people have. Every single person has those needs, physiological needs, safety needs, a feeling of love and belonging, uh, self-esteem, self-actualization of purpose, and yet we can see all throughout Scripture how all of those things are met by God. And so when David says, the Lord is my shepherd and I lack nothing, that is the same for everyone who has God as their shepherd, who believes in God and serves God. You will lack nothing because God has given you all of the ways to meet your needs. It all comes from God. And I just think that is a wonderfully amazing thing. But we need to move along, so let's go into verse 2, where it says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. And I really like that it uses the word, He makes me lie down, um, because this has to do with us being able to have time to rest. And there are so many commentaries on our world today and how it is a culture of busyness, how we schedule every hour and every half hour of our day of what we're going to do. And we're, we're constantly busy. We're constantly doing things. And we don't really have a whole lot of time to rest, or at least we don't make the time to rest. And so God can do that for us, where he makes us sit down for a little bit and says, hold on a second, you're going too fast, you're going to get burned out, let me give you this place of green pastures and quiet waters so you can rest. And he doesn't only give us that physical rest, he gives us an emotional rest as well, where he says to cast your burdens onto him so that we don't have to bear the burdens of our life and all of the worries that come from that. We don't have to bear that on our own. God helps us shoulder those burdens and says, I will take care of you, lean on me, cast your burdens on me, I will get you through this, and that then allows us to rest. He makes us to lie down in green pastures, leads us beside quiet waters. Then verse 3, it says, He refreshes my soul. And I love this because that shows that God isn't just tending to our physical needs or even just our emotional needs, but our spiritual needs as well. That God isn't just concerned about us having a roof over our head. In fact, he is more concerned, and I kind of talked about that last week, about how God is focused on spiritual things and that we should be more focused on spiritual things than physical things because uh, God is. That's what God is concerned about. He's concerned about the condition of our spirit. And although he will give us physical rest and he'll give us uh, emotional rest of helping carry our burdens, he also gives us a rest in our spirit of the assurance of knowing who we are in God and the eternal life that awaits us after this world. And in that, he is tending to our spiritual needs as well. He refreshes our soul. 
And then verse 3 finishes by saying, He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Now, I've always thought it's interesting that it says we're guided on paths of righteousness, righteousness or the right paths for his name's sake. So for God's name's sake rather than for our sake. Because if you think about being led on the right path, I would think that that's for my benefit, that that's good for me. And although that is true, it's more than just that. It goes beyond just my life. When God leads me down paths of righteousness, he leads me according to his will for his good purposes. What that does is that as I'm obedient to what God is calling me to do and going where God is calling me to go, that that then also lifts up God's name because then others can see through my life as I'm being obedient to God how God is blessing me and those blessings that come as I'm obedient to God's guidance is actually a a testimony and it testifies to the goodness of God to everyone around me who sees it. And that is one of the wonderful things that God does for us. He leads us down the right paths, not only for our sakes, but also for the sakes of everyone around us that is then able to witness the blessings that come through obeying God. So he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Then verse 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, or some translations say the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, one of the interesting things about this verse is that you are still being guided through the darkest valley. But see, this is not a scary thing. It's not something that should make you worry that, oh, in this life, I'm still going to have to walk through dark valleys. I'm still going to have times of despair and times of worry. Well, you don't have to worry. In fact, this should be an encouraging thing because this says that God doesn't have to take us away from the dark valleys because he is able to comfort us in them. He is able to lead us through them. So no valley, no, no matter how dark, no, no situation that we go through in life, no matter how hopeless it may seem, it is never too hopeless for God to lead us through it. And not just to get us through it, but to be able to comfort us in the middle of it. Where David is saying, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I don't have to worry about what's going to happen in this valley, in this difficult time, because I know that God is still with me. So God doesn't need to take the dark valleys away from our life because he will lead us through them and comfort us in the midst of them as well. And then it talks about uh, God's rod and staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now a shepherd's rod is used to guide the sheep back onto the right course, to make sure that no sheep are wandering off. And the staff is the same way too, where uh, that's why a shepherd's crook has a little hook at the end of it. It's so it can grab a sheep if need be. So if a sheep is about to go somewhere 
uh, dangerous, maybe about to walk off a cliff even, that the shepherd can use his staff with the little hook at the end to grab the sheep and pull it back to where it's going. And the rod is even a, a disciplinary rod that you can hit the sheep with. And just like how a parent disciplines their child, that discipline is never meant uh, to just be a punishment to put the child down. It's to correct the child's behavior. So the shepherd and the sheep work the same way with that rod, where the shepherd is correcting the sheep and using his staff to, sh to save them from dangerous circumstances in order to keep them safe. And that's exactly what God needs to do with us sometimes, where we can get off on the wrong path and we can head into things that are dangerous and harmful to us. But God, if we allow him to, can correct us to lead us away from that pain and actually keep us from wandering in to harmful darkness. And what a comfort that can be to know that when you're trusting your life to God, that if you ever start to stray off the path and wander into the darkness, that God will correct us and bring us back into the safe paths of righteousness. That is a very comforting theme, in my opinion. So then we go on, verse 5, the last two verses is 5 and 6. Um, so verse 5 says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So, a table prepared in the midst of enemies. I don't know um, how many of you have pets, but if you do have a pet, you're probably aware of this, that if your pet is anxious, if your pet is worried about something, maybe, I mean, I've got a cat, and, and whenever we have people over and somebody's coming to the door, the cat freaks out and runs into the other room. Cat isn't a big fan of, you know, unidentified people coming to our door. And when an animal is worried or nervous, they will not eat because they have to stay alert on what's going around. If they feel that they're in danger, they won't eat. And so with that in mind, think about this verse saying that God prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. In other words, that even when we have external threats around us, in the middle of that, we can still have an internal peace that allows us to enjoy the meal set before us. That it doesn't really matter what else is going on in the world around us, no matter how chaotic it may seem, no matter how evil some things that people do are, that we can still have a peace in our own heart in the middle of it. And that is something that comes from God, an internal peace amid external threats. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And it says, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Now, if you've read much scripture at all, you're probably familiar that being anointed with oil is a sign of the indwelling of God's Spirit. So an anointing of God's Spirit, that God is with you uh, in a very powerful way. And that's what being anointed with oil signifies. And so this is, again, like this whole chapter is just a very comforting thing to know. 
that God doesn't just have a relationship with us to the point of just maybe kind of meeting our most base needs. But this talks about the head being anointed with so much oil that it overflows the cup. And when you realize that that's symbolic for the presence of God for anyone who serves God, then that's talking about God just having such a profound and and powerful impact on your heart and in your life that it's not just enough to get through your day or your week or your month, but it's so much that it just overwhelms you and overflows out of you into the lives of the people around you. God doesn't just give us enough of his spirit to get by. He gives us an incredible outpouring of his presence that then affects everyone around us. And what a wonderful thing that is. And then finally, verse 6. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All the days of my life and forever, we will experience God's goodness, his love, and be able to dwell where his spirit is. And so this chapter really wraps up on this idea of the faithfulness of God. You see, God always remains faithful to us. No matter what we do, no matter where we go, God is there with open arms to love us and comfort us, sometimes correct us, but guide us into the life that he knows will be best and most fulfilling for us. That's what the parable of uh, the prodigal son is, is all about, that even though the prodigal son went and, and totally squandered what he had been given, that his father was still waiting for him when he came home and celebrated his return, and that that's how God sees us, that he is always faithful to us. He never gives up on us. He is always waiting to welcome us into his arms. Of course, then uh, the issue becomes whether or not we are faithful to God and whether we walk in obedience to uh, his instructions and his will for our life, or if we rebel, which you know I was talking about earlier, and, and God isn't able to give us all the things that he wants to give us when we rebel against him. But as long as we are faithful to him, he will always be faithful to us, always there for us whenever we turn towards him. That can even be seen through the uh, many, many years of history with the Israelites and their relationship with God, where when they would turn away from God, there would be destruction among their people. But when they would repent and turn back to God, that God always blessed them afterwards. God was always there to take them back, to accept their repentance and forgive them. And since God is always like that, he's unchanging, the same yesterday, today, and forever, we know that that will always be the case with us. That as long as we remain faithful to him, he will remain faithful to us. 
And so when we continue to walk in his will, surely his goodness and love will follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So I wanted this to just be something that is comforting to anyone out there that is feeling particularly lonely. It seems that especially these last couple years, there has been a greater outbreak of loneliness in people's hearts than ever before. But I want everyone out there who's listening to this right now to realize that you are never alone. As cliche as that sounds, it is the truth that you are never alone because God loves you and cares about you and is always there to help you with whatever you are going through. So none of us who are believers in God ever have to feel alone because we can always lean on the strength of the Lord and he will comfort us through the darkest valleys. And we should take comfort in that and and never take that for granted. Never take our burdens upon ourselves alone and say, well, this is my burden to bear and I have to deal with it by myself because no one else understands it. God understands. And we simply have to be willing to open up our heart to him, share our burdens with him, and allow him to comfort us and guide us into paths that bring us to eternal life, not just after this world, but a new fulfilled life as we walk through our lives here on earth as well. That is what God has promised us, as long as we are open to him and obedient to what he tells us to do. So God is our comforting shepherd. And until next time, this has been another Sermon in the Pocket. As always, if you have any comments or questions, please reach out to me either through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page or email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there. But until next time, I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you for listening. Thank you.